Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 83 of Optimal Living Advice, the podcast where we take any questions you might have about the many struggles of life and get them answered for you here on the show. I am your host, certified life coach Greg Audino, and we are here to talk about those kids again. We've got a great question today about how to encourage teens to think more deeply in times when they probably have <clears throat> other things on their mind. <laughs> So without further ado, let's sit back and listen to today's question. Hi, I'm curious. How can I continue to motivate students slash teens I feel like I no longer resonate with? Even though I recently graduated college, I feel there is a large disconnect in teaching what matters and finding a space for my students to think critically about words. How do I approach teaching deep thought in kids who don't want to have to think? Thank you. All right, another question has come in from a teacher. I love that. Uh, this is a great question to mull over. It's a bit different from the one we answered a few episodes ago. So let's take a look at it and take another crack at reshaping our youths, or utes, as Joe Pesci would say. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how much friction you're feeling over this matter. I don't know how at odds you are with the kids who are unresponsive to your attempts to help them think deeply, but whether this is really grinding your gears or you're not bothered by it quite yet, if your goal is to get them to think deeper, it's not a battle you're going to win by holding your ground. Changing the way kids, or adults for that matter, think is not something to be done by force or with any kind of bitterness, if you will. It's the same story for parents, right? Think back to your teens a few years ago. Did any healthy, lasting changes come from getting strong-armed? Probably not. Whether you're a parent, a teacher, a guardian, a counselor, or anyone who has the task of shaping young minds, I think there are only two variations of how it can be done successfully. And the first way is to resonate with them which you say you no longer do. <laughs> Good news. Uh, so that's not going to hold up if you want to have a successful teaching career that really leaves a mark on these students. It is your job to re-resonate with them, which you'll get more comfortable with as your career continues. Don't worry. This is not impossible by any means. So look, saying you no longer resonate with them means that you once did, and it wasn't long ago based on your age. I know there's a lot of change between high school age and your first few years out of college, change that I'm sure you're proud of making, but just because you have new priorities, new values, does not mean that you've forgotten where you were at five, six, seven years ago, and therefore where your students are at now. It's nice that you've outgrown that mentality, it's great, and maybe they do seem so foolish now uh, that you've learned all these lessons since you were in high school. But they're not going to learn if you aren't meeting them on their level. So you must get back in touch with that side of yourself. Reflect on what drives teenagers, okay? The need to fit in. Getting comfortable with their bodies. Developing identities separate of their parents. Stressing out about college and career choices, etc. And use these things to relate to them. Since you're young yourself they're much more likely to listen to you because the landscape hasn't changed as much as it has for, say, their middle-aged teachers, and they'll inevitably see you as more of a peer. That's a gift that you have right now, so use it until it runs out. 
translate your messages into their language. Uh, Facebook for you in high school is TikTok to them. It's all the same thing. It's all the same feelings. They're just using different vehicles now. So use this information to speak to your old self, if you will. Getting into the habit of doing this is a sacrifice teachers need to make, not only for their students, but for themselves. Be patient and responsive to how they evolve each year, and doing so helps you to properly relate to them and educate them. And in turn, it helps you see them more fondly rather than as mere subjects, you know? So there's a friend of mine and all-around wonderful person named Perry Mandanis, who is an esteemed psychiatrist in Connecticut. Uh, He actually hosts a wonderful podcast called Couch Stories, which I was recently a guest on that talks about the power of stories and how they've helped both him and his clients retain messages and become more resilient because of it. I recommend checking out that podcast, Couch Stories. And Perry and I were recently talking about how difficult it can be to work with young men, as they are usually very uncomfortable dissecting and expressing their feelings. But he told me of how he always finds a way to help them understand what he's trying to tell them by framing his advice in relatable terms. A go-to that he mentioned was illustrating the importance of going to therapy by comparing it to the gym, something that a lot of young men are understanding of. So he said, think of therapy as a gym, but for your emotions. You go to one session, it hurts afterwards, but you come back stronger and prepared to handle more weight and dig deeper. So you can use that same type of methodology with your teens. You know what they need, and you know the power of words. Don't be afraid to structure your teachings with them like this. Now, in addition to speaking with them through a lens they understand, uh, another tool for yourself and fellow teachers, parents, counselors, coaches, and whatever to use is exemplifying the behavior that you want them to adopt. Especially if you are well-liked by your kids, they will be apt to replicating it. So if you can get on their side, if you aren't already, uh, if you can get on their side by resonating with them and generally just being one of those teachers that kids like rather than hate, the example you set in your behavior will speak volumes. Think deeply in class. Break down your thought patterns and certain things for them the way you'd like to see them do. Perhaps integrate mindfulness into your routine. Now, all of this will be especially available to you if you happen to teach English or history, as you have that much more theater, uh, as you have that much more opportunity to break down the behavior of certain characters or historical figures and encourage students to maybe step into those shoes and explore how they would react in the face of similar big decisions and or dire circumstances. And finally, uh, I understand that this could all be a bit out of your jurisdiction, depending on yeah, what you teach, what the school allows, and the fact that you're not a counselor. But who's to say you're restricted to your classroom? If the school allows it, maybe you could create a separate club or program that really hones in on mindfulness and helping kids explore pressing subjects more deeply. I think it would be especially beneficial if you took some of those topics mentioned earlier and made them the focal point and gave the kids the space to navigate those extremely important and extremely confusing changes without distraction or social pressure. A program like that would get the right students to flock to you if it's something that you and the people in charge were interested in, of course. Uh, In summary, just don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone, both in terms of the lessons you've learned for yourself and the lessons you've been instructed to teach. 
as you reflect back on the teachers that changed you, I'm sure they all went against the grain somehow while also not crossing any lines. And I'm sure that you can clearly differentiate their approach from the approach of the more bland, disengaged teachers that are easier to forget. Be that same unique presence for your students. I know you already have what it takes. Miss, I appreciate you sending that question in. It was a great one, and I hope it helped. Uh, should you decide to take my advice, hopefully hopefully quarantine allows you to do so in a timely fashion. But I, oh God, look at the calendar. At this point, it might have to get shelved till the fall. Either way, good luck to you, and thank you again for submitting this question. Everyone else, go ahead and submit any questions you might have about things that you are struggling with that you'd like answered on the show. You can email your questions to us at advice at oldpodcast.com, advice at oldpodcast.com. We will take your questions there, and we will help you out. Cool? Cool. Thank you for being here, everyone. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and until next time.